This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD. Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. All right, ladies and gentlemen around the Delaware Valley, Dr. Krause, uh, this is the John Doherty Hour. Uh, we want to thank Gary Messina, Brian Bush, and Sam Pond for uh, the great job on the first hour of the broadcast. Uh, of course, the John Doherty Hour, special hour every week. Excited to, uh, to obviously be here. Uh, I'm in the driver's seat uh, for Krause, who, by the way, is in uh, at uh, Virginia Tech. His, his daughter, Kateri, is uh, graduating from college there, so we'll send out congratulations there. And without further ado, uh, I'm ecstatic to bring into the program John Doherty. How are you, sir? Yo, Joe. How you doing, pal? I'm doing great, man. Uh, lots going on. Um, we're kind of flying solo uh, w- without Joe Krause. I'm, I'm, uh, Joe trusted me at the helm here. We got Phil back at the studio. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's all you tonight, John. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm, I'm in a, another one of them great moves like last week, ready to roll, ready to talk about anything. Just, wanted, I, just got done watching the Preakness. You know, it's funny. Uh, I give you a, a little... I always bet nine eight when I get a chance when all mm-hmm. these big horse races. Mm-hmm. You know, with a couple. And last year I think it came out one of the horses. You know, so we did pretty well. And it's funny we have an inside joke here. And you know, a lot of girls in my whole life. But you know, even if it's a two dollar uh, little bet, uh, my, going way back to my grandma, my mom. You know, Celia, the kids. Always, you know, you're always around the house to watch it. Well. Three of the last four races, the big races, we, you know, it, it, part of Sealy's everyday activity, there's a lot of communication and whatever is current, we try to you know, keep up the snuff with her. And I have to tell you, she just hit the exacta for the fourth time out of five races. So it just goes to show you that there's really no science to this, you know, and uh, so we were just sitting here and there's, there's a few of our friends are with her here today and. We just watched the horse race together, so that was that was pretty interesting and pretty funny. Uh, so it was it a, a, was it it was an eleven the eleven to one the underdog one. Correct? Yeah, eleven. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a five six exact. Like I said, I had the nine eight and the five six. So, so it's interesting because every year we go to a Kentucky Derby uh, party, and actually I called into the labor show. Um, from the middle of the field, I guess, you know, the day the Kentucky Derby. My wife, they, they do a uh, – everybody picks out of a hat, so there's really not much skill involved. But uh, she won last year. It was the first year we went. And, uh, and this year uh, her horse came in second, which um, 
actually you know, it had the had the um, had the the winner been disqualified, she'd have won also again this year. And and so uh, they're thinking about disqualifying her next year uh, because her luck is through the roof. But um, no, it's it, it's a lot of fun, no question. And and uh, my wife just yelled down, uh, just told me about the uh, the underdog winning, and it's awesome because obviously, um, you know, I lo- you know in Philly we love the underdogs, and and that's what it's about. Uh, talk about you know we got a lot to talk about today, and I I thought I'd kind of you know hit you with something. You know, it, 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 we always talk about maybe what happened the week prior, what's going on in in labor before we get into the topics. Um, what what is the what, what's what's going on? What's the, the the big happening right now in 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 our labor movement and our building trades here in Philadelphia, uh, particularly this week? Well, you had Gary and Brian Bush on, yep. you know, and and uh, you know I was listening to the bits and pieces in between the race. Uh, you know, the PRO Act is something that we consistently lobby for. It's something that we, you know, and then we consistently fight against the right to work. And, again, I can't tell you enough, elections have consequences. And, you know, people say, well, do you vote for someone because they're for you and your members? Absolutely. We vote our jobs every day. Yeah. So, the, you know, it's, it's been common knowledge. I think the very first move that, you know, Bush Jr. made was to do away with basically the enforcement of Davis-Bacon on federal, you know, job sites. Right. And that was a while ago. But it was like the very first thing that he did. So, you know, if you take a look at the people who were surrounding him, there were a lot of big money people a lot of big machinery people, a lot of, you know, people that, you know, enjoyed war. They made money off of war. They made money off of Boeing. They made money. I mean, this is what they did, okay, and things like that. Our world is all about the people. Our world is all about our jobs. It's all about what we do. Now, you know, I believe that everybody and their brother was going to be supporting the PRO Act, which would make the opportunity to organize, you know, so much easier. But more importantly, it would kind of roll out right to work and give everybody an opportunity to join the union, you know, and, uh, you know, we always joke, we say right to work means right to work for less. Right. That's about the only thing that happens there. So that's a hot topic. Now, you know that the topic that I've been pushing and will not stop until it gets completed is giving back the union dues and the union tools and clothing check off that was taken away. You know, when we gave big companies big tax breaks and we took away basically the only middle class tax break that we had. The guys who worked in a job that guaranteed that if they were working they'd be in the middle class, we took away the due check off, right. which included safety clothes and boots and tools and things like that. And especially when you're trying to diversify. You know, and, and, and a lot of these young kids, you know, in my case at Local 98, we supply, you know, the tools for most of the apprentices so that everybody has the same tools and they can perform their work safely. And in most cases, there's, you know, there's a million avenues in which we supply fireproof clothing and boots and things like that. But it's not everywhere, and it's most definitely not in the non-union world, okay? And, 
But, you know, that's hot. That's the topic of the day that every time I get a conversation long, it's about that. I actually had a pretty detailed conversation. As you would know, we're coming down to the close on getting your taxes filed. You know, Monday's the deadline. So remember that, you know, all the extensions are up. You have to file your taxes by, you know, Monday night. So I was talking to a series of accountants, and I was actually, you know, putting them on notice to let their guys go that with a little help, you know, next year they'll be able to, you know, to do the check-offs. And uh, that that would be gigantic. That's worth a significant amount of money to every person who works at a union job. Yeah, and and it's and it's a right. It's a, it's it would be a write off uh, that we once had, and we're, uh-huh. and and I think I think we have um, you've been working really hard on that, John. I know that, um, and we're we're uh, we, we you talk about politics and you talk about uh, people want to you know uh, people like to uh, you know they see labor working so hard at, at, at electing candidates who support us. Um, we support those who support them, and. Uh, this is one of the reasons, uh, you know, it, because we need those uh, political candidates, uh, politicians um, who are, are in office to, uh, or elected into office to uh, support working people like us. And if we don't get politically active, um, we'll get everything stripped from us. I mean, it, it, literally speaking, when, when, when people talk about labor being the voice of the middle class, um, this is what they're talking about. Uh, a collective voice, for example, we're all out there working for our families. Yeah, it, when do we get a chance uh, to represent ourselves? Just the regular working man, whether union, non-union, whatever. Um, and somebody who's got our back is organized labor. That, uh, you know, that the, the rising uh, tide, you know, raises all boats. And, and so having said that, this is an opportunity uh, for us to get those right write offs back, and I think it was I think I, did you say mentioned Brendan Boyle a while back, where uh, Congressman Boyle, um, we're, we're 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 working with him to, to do everything we can, and and obviously other individuals to make this happen. And Senator Casey has been at the forefront. Okay. Senator Casey came down and met with us at the Labor Union Hall on North Broad Street one morning with his staff. You know, we got together. It wasn't a fundraiser. It wasn't anything more than, hey, I'm going to get to together with the union movement in Philadelphia. And we always joke, you know, uh, in fact, as we speak, we're getting ready to modernize the lighting inside the Jazz U, which is on the St. Joe Prep campus, but it's become the church of that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we're going to modernize that. And, you know, Senator Casey actually taught there and hung at the Jazz U for years. You know, so we always joke about that. So he comes into town. And uh, he meets with us, and we, we talked about this. It, was, it, it couldn't have been two weeks after it was taken away from us. He mm-hmm. sent a series of letters off, you know, but then we had Congressman Boyle and, of course, you know, his, his ally across the river, you know, Congressman Norcross. Yep. So, and they, they are truly our friends. Them two in Congress make up, you know, that, that fine line between – where both parties have won, went or left, you know, however you look at it. Sure. You know, and uh, so the other thing, as you know, we've been talking about their big issues and they're more federal issues and they're the issues that, you know, we believe will be successful on. We're just giving, you know, the Biden-Harris administration a little bit of time 
to, you know, take care of all the other things that are in their place, like primarily COVID. Sure. You know, and uh, so, you know, and as you can tell, this week we've been at the forefront of uh, not only the safety protocols, but we've also, as you, you heard me say here, I gave you a heads up on, I gave you a little heads up on, you know, what the state was doing, not that we, you know, were the overriding factor, but we had a lot of communication with the governor and his chief of staff, who I speak willingly about all the time, sure. okay, <clears throat> because I believe that, you know, his chief of staff has his finger. He comes from the labor movement, okay? Uh, he's an SEIU member, but he has his pulse on, you know, what it feels like to be, you know, a worker or representing workers. So he, when we call him, I always get a, I always get a, a sympathetic ear, and that's all I ask for. So we've been successful. We told him the hospitality industry, you know, there's so much crime everywhere, but a lot of it, you know, is, and when you get down to it, is number one guns and the unbelievable access that people have to guns, and two is just the need for money and poverty. And we have eighty thousand jobs sitting on the sideline that will go back to work when we open up. Now, I had a great conversation with the mayor a couple of weeks ago on the station, but I've also talked to you and uh, a few others about. We, I was all over the mayor about opening the city up. You know, and I actually have never been a big fan of Dr. Farley, which I've said here because, you know, I called him with information, you know, when he was holding press conferences at 1 o'clock, okay, uh, in City Hall. At 1.15, we had cars pulling in from Florida and Texas and Louisiana. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, with people going to work at the Marriott without any mask, without anything. And then we found out that it was COVID was running rampant on the job site, and we couldn't get anybody to do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I, that was a ridiculous situation. John, let's um, go to a quick break right now, and we'll continue the conversation. Uh, you're listening to The Labor Show with J, uh, J. Doc and Krause and the John Doherty Hour. We'll see you after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause, the John Doherty Hour. Um, Joe Doherty, uh, fantastic conversation with John Doherty. John, um, so much going on. We talk about uh, obviously politics, and uh, it's the life spot of our union movement. Without it, um, you know, we, we we wouldn't exist, and the, nobody's more at the forefront than you are. Um, but there's a number of topics going on, and and uh, one of the things um, that you know. You know, that's it's been in the news, obviously, the Colonial Pipeline uh, situation. And, you know, obviously, you know, with our steam fitters and our bore makers and all, you know, and everybody in the, in the petrochemical industry, uh, you know, everybody jumped fast. And, 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 and uh, you know, it's, it's because of them that we can remedy a situation like that. But if you were to uh, talk about it, because it's, a, it's an issue and anybody who thought 
that you know we could switch to, to solar energy overnight um, is is uh, and that's maybe where the direction's going uh, you know over the next 30 years and it's important but um, you know it's important that we understand the real situation well if you really want to narrow down what occurred all you have to do is read the letter to the editor that Jim Snell penned okay that the Philadelphia media markets all post it. Basically, with, with Jim, and we all know Jim and John Bland, I'm two gigantic fans of the both of them. They both, you know, were uh, new business managers when the, the South Philly refinery not only shut down, but had the explosion. So, you know, there were a million conversations over the next few days. In fact, as you've heard before, and I don't think everyone, you know, has heard this, but the day that we had the fire, okay, and when I heard about it, Okay, just to let you know, I know exactly where it was. I knew what we were looking at, and I was looking right out the window at it. Okay, and my concern immediately was to get Jimmy and a few of our friends on the phone right away because I wasn't, you know, I was concerned about not only the fire, but I honestly thought that we were going to get down there and we were going to have to take a head count because. That magnitude in that location, that close to, you know, some of the most dangerous products in the facility, uh, I was concerned we were going to have to, you know, check for shoes because most of our people that work in that vicinity would have been vaporized. Yep. So I know that sounds like a movie, and it sounds like something like Michael Crichton or one of them guys would write in a book. No, but that's what happens. And then them fires them, them, and we have done such a magnificent job. And the union personnel banner did a magnificent job of maintaining that. Okay, and there was a little luck with timing of the fire. You know, there was limited to no people there. But the minute that we realized there was a problem, everybody got out and they activated all the safety nets down there, including the fluids that you know kept it contained. But so. We were all over that, but we never stopped. I mean, we were down at the Penrose Diner. We set up shop in the back because it was about as close as we could get where everybody could stop in and out. Now, myself and a few guys were down on the site, but we were bringing in everyone to find out what the heck was happening, how it happened, who it was involved with. And at the time, we were in a little bit of a disagreement, okay, with the way that the new owner of that refinery was letting things go, sure. you know, in the process of selling it. And, and again, you know, and we still believe that if they had an active maintenance schedule, that would have never happened. Absolutely. You know, but the point, but the point I'm making all the way up in letter to the, all the way up until the letter, Jimmy Snell wrote, Jim Snell and John Bland have represented their people in that industry better than anyone could have under these circumstances. The both of them complement each other well. You know, we joke John Bland's a boilermaker at heart, not a politician, but, you know, after these last year and a half, I don't, I'm not so sure that's the case. Right. We're going to elect him to office, no doubt. <laughs> Jimmy, okay, is, you know, I mean, him and Anthony Gower were joined at the hip, and everybody knows Anthony's a star. You know, and if Anthony stays around here, he's probably the number one labor leader. But there's two or three people out there, you know, that you know were really talented. You had a couple of guys on the 
on your show earlier, but you have Ryan and Boy, you have all these kids that are, I mean, they're just really, really good. They're really connected. They really understand politics. They really understand management. And Jimmy, and Jimmy Snell's right up at the top. Uh, that letter he wrote basically said, hey, you know, better than half, okay, half of the uh, fuel for the East Coast, okay, I think it was like 46.8%, okay, of the consumed on the East Coast all the way down to Florida, okay, comes from that pipeline. You know, the pipeline was restored really quick, mm-hmm. and, but you're, if the shortages we're experiencing at the pump today, you know, will be will be uh, handled right. in a couple of days. And you know, it's funny we have you have attorney generals, and you know, some people are critical that Josh Shapiro is on every issue. Thank God that Josh Shapiro, okay, and that very talented staff he has. Okay, in that attorney general's office. He's loaded with stars in that area. Okay, thank God he's on every one of these issues because he has, let me tell you, as long as if you're running a gasoline station, you better think twice about using, you know, that cyber issue to gouge people at the pump because Josh will lock you the hell up. Yeah. Okay. And and so, you know, I, I, I compliment him and his super staff, you know, super team of uh, a lot a lot of people from Philly. You know, he used to work in a Philly DA's officer up there. He but you know, again, he would he would take the gouge in and uh, do something about it. You okay, know, no, d- we, no doubt about we, it. And and uh, John, we you know, we're down to in in the United States, we're down to hundred and thirty eight refineries across the US. Uh, we mm-hmm. lost about 260 refineries in a short period of time. Uh, well, listen, that... we, lost Mar- we lost Marcus Hook. We lost Westville. Everybody knows, you know, Philadelphia Energy Solutions, you know. And, again, it's just not the steam fitters and the boil makers, the operating engineers. They're down there. I mean, you know, we have a lot of people that have been really active, you know, in trying to protect not only refineries but pipelines. You know, and look, pipelines are our tempo. You know, people, you know, say, hey, I don't want it through my neighborhood. Everybody says that, you know, but you want it safely. And, you know, part of the early problem with the the pipeline that everybody knows, the one that's, you know, running through Delaware County is that, you know, there were a lot of people who, you know, just didn't install it properly. And that was based on, you know, the way that was cut. But, you know, I mean, thank God for the union crafts people that were involved. Because a lot of them manage the site themselves, you know, fix all the issues. But, you know, it's we understand as well as anybody, you know, the, the ecological you know, needs are, you know, to move to go to green. Renewable energies we're all for. But like we, what we said is that, you know, the seismic shift, you know, isn't going to happen overnight. And a lot of what's going on with fossil fuels is that what we don't have, okay, we're going overseas. And in their process of doing it, they're a lot less, okay, uh, rough on the environment, in fact, terrible on the environment, and we can't do anything about it. At least the things we were doing in around here, in the three I mentioned and some of the other places that I've cut, you know, we kept safe and we kept people working. And that's basically Jimmy's argument. And that's basically what, what, you know, we had a conversation a few weeks ago, and it's a topic that's very complicated. It's the RINs tax. Basically, oh, yeah. how, do you, 
this, how do you simplify the RINs tax? The RINs tax is a subsidy for the corn industry, for, and I'll simplify it. It's a little bit more complicated, but they got a gigantic, a very strong, you know, for no better word, godfather of their efforts, and that's Senator Grassley, and he's the one who sits on all the Supreme Court justice hearings. You see him on TV. I mean, listen, he's outlawed Senator Cruz, Senator Santorum, all these people in the last few years because the rent tax is significant. And we just had a we had a combination of world refineries and a lot of the labor leaders and Stevie Pettit from the asbestos workers, and, and, we, and we were trying to come up with a formula just so that people would understand that. You know, that the ring cost, okay, with all the downsizing and all the, you know, the redoing, the ring tax is like still like 70% of the cost, you know, that people have in these refineries. Yeah, so, and it's a, by yeah. the way, it's it's jeopardizing um, these refineries. I know that uh, John Bland, yourself, and, and, and uh, uh, the heads of uh, uh, several other building trades, you know, sent a letter out to some of our political leaders, including the White House, um, to, to, to try to remedy that situation, uh, because if we don't, it's going to jeopardize um, the refineries, the existing refineries that we do have left. John, what I want to do is this. Let me, um, we have the, by the way, we have the Boilermakers Hour next week, and we're going to be talking about that um, extensively, and then I'm sure we're going to segue into, in, into your show as well, talking about that, because uh, it's such a serious issue. What we're going to do is we're going to pay some bills, we're going to go to break, then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about our local, uh, you know, the local election coming up and, and, and everything that's on the table. We're going to have more from the Labor Show, Joe Doc and Krause, and the John Doherty Hour after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Jay Doc. I'm sitting in the driver's seat for Joe Krause. Uh, this is the John Doherty Hour on the labor show uh lots to talk about with john i I think we're gonna have to extend the john doherty hour to the john doherty two hours um so much relevant information and talking about hearing it from the horse's mouth john we got um a primary election coming up lots of important uh races a lot of individuals for judge Uh, our da's race is coming up nobody has been more um impactful than local 98 and, and and nobody's navigates um you know the political arena better than you do um let's talk about um you know what's going on uh on the 18th before we get started can i just jump in with a whole bunch of craziness sure why not if you're if you're home tonight okay turn on the phillies game now i know you know one of the good parts of you know, Major League Baseball, especially the Phillies, is that I grew up in a household where my dad actually was a fan of the Philadelphia A's, and so was his my grandpa. My, know, but, Johnny, I mean, my grandmother worked for them, so we're on the same page. So you know, my my and uh, my grandfather, who was a legendary state rep, you know, and actually put the speaker, okay, the first African speaker, Leroy Iris, on his first committee, okay, was a boxer who had in a amateur fight beat Jack Dempsey, 
and also hit a home run out of Shrive Park, left-handed and right-handed. Wow. So, you know, I, so we lost, you know, and I wish Krause was on the line for that. But, you know, I don't know where Kevin and myself, you know, that, <laughs> that you know, lost the, the talent there that was in my father. <laughs> oh, you pick, will you lose it in one area, you pick it up in another. Yeah, well, just so you know, turn the Phillies game on. Now, I always had the Phillies game on in our house, no matter if we were sitting there watching it or not. I mean, it just was on. You know, they were on all the time since I've been a kid. And yep. if not if not on TV, you're outside, they were on the radio. And people laugh like, you kidding? No. There used to be people sitting on the step on a Saturday night listening to the Phillies you know, on the radio. And then turning oldies on after. But back in the oldies, it was 50s back then, you know, when I was a kid. But I was in the 60s. But you got to watch the game the last couple of nights. They're playing the Toronto Blue Jays. They're in Florida. They're mm-hmm. playing in minor league stadiums. The grass is green. The stadiums are small. Okay. The, the TV coverage has been fabulous. You know, and one of the better trips we took each year at Local 98, we used to get a bus or two. And, uh, one of our stewards and one of our officers, a kid by the name of Mike Micholli, used to call around. And what we used to do was invite all the stewards or any, as many that wanted to go. And we would hop on a bus and go to Reading and watch the Reading Phils for a night. And, we had we had such a great trip because we joked. I actually watched the, we watched two or three good movies for the first time. I watched Tombstone on the ride up there one night, and that's a great mm-hmm. flick. Oh yeah! And it was all boys. It was all boys. It was an all boy night out. It started with the beginning of Tombstone and ended with the end. And it, we would go up there. We had tickets someplace, but we could care less. We'd all go out in the left field. Yeah. We'd stand in that you know you standing only section. We'd eat hot dogs peanuts and draft beer out of a paper cup. And I always used to bring my dad with me and everybody knows that, but we, I sit out there with five or six to which I try to mix it up, you know, each year sit with somebody different, but stand, I mean, stand out there and watch the game out there. And there was some talented players and it's just great baseball. Well, if you're watching that the, the Phillies play the Blue Jays the last two nights, it's just a different type of atmosphere. It's really a nice way to watch it. And then the other thing, too, is another show that I like. It's on the weekend, and it's diners, drive-ins, and dives. It's Guy Ferrari. Yeah. He is, everything he does, you know, or in this region, he's built 100% union. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. But I, my understanding is there's the Philly show is going to be on this week or this weekend. Now, it runs like five or six shows in a row, so I don't know when it's exactly, but I've had it on, you know, I've been flicking back and forth. You know, we're after the Derby with the Phillies and, and his show, hoping that there's five or six places he visits in Philly. He does a really good job. I, I kind of like that show. Oh, yeah. Why we're fantastic. Stay- and why we're staying on food. You know, it's, it, look, we're feeding everybody all the time during the election cycles. We were out this morning. The Building Trades had a rally for one of the judges that were supporting in Delaware County, Ray Santarelli. He comes from the Santarelli family. You can't get much better in that family. You talk about the soul of the earth. That's their, them guys. I went to, I went to high school with Danny, who's not as political as Fred and Ray. Ray is the most sincere political activist you'll ever have. He's running for judge in Delaware County and anybody who lives in Delaware County, you're doing your region, your neighborhood, your family at the service by not voting for that guy. Is he loaded? You're never going to say him. He's always going to have, you know, his father was a legendary tailor. So he's always going to have a nice suit, but he's never going to have a powerful tie on. He's never going to have a, a 
colorful shirt. He's always going to have a white shirt and, you know, a mixed tie and a gray suit. And he's, he's just like a, he's like a bookworm type guy. But an activist for Delaware County before all these new Delaware County candidates got elected or fought, he was at the ground up when they started to build their movement. He was, and why I always liked him, he's the lawyer at the Delaware Report Authority and he's a supporter of project labor agreements, the right to organize, certified payroll, okay, all the things that have become fat again. You know, Raymond was at the forefront of standing up for them from inside, not from outside. And you know the difference, Joe. You know, I'm not speaking when you, you do that. So Absolutely. Ray Santarelli and the, the little get-together was at Casey's on Chester Pike in Ridley. And boy, did they do a job from what I wasn't there today, but I've been at their other events. Some of the best chip beef around. They have a spread out there. Anybody that's out there that's having, looking to have a get-together, stop in and see the Casey's. They're really good people. They, they treat us like gold. They have relationships with the building trades, and the food's fabulous. And then another surprise. You know, we, me, you and I told them, I think I've eaten a steak from every place in Philly. Right. Well, the new, the new Oregon steaks, okay, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a Geno's fan, and I've been, you know, I've had relationships with the father for years, and now the son, and, and, and he's always good to watch charitable efforts and things like that. But Nico Rodriguez, who is my right-hand guy, and he's been with me for a lot of years. He's a great kid. Uh, uh, Nico said to me that a couple friends of theirs opened this place up. So today we just stopped a couple times and picked up food for, you know, people hanging signs and you know, getting together tonight, things like that. Great cheesesteak. If you go there, you get a cheesesteak with sharp cheese. Nice. Red's fresh. Slices meat the old-fashioned way right there. Good, good, good steak. So, yeah, look, I covered you. a little bit of ground. How's that? Uh, so, diners, drive-ins, and dives. I'm getting hungry. I'm... <laughs> okay. We haven't I, talked about food in a while. So, I, I hey, know. Look. And, yeah. uh, John, you know, you know when, when you started hosting the show when we were in the studio a few years back, um, I weighed about, I guess, about 215. I blew up to about 245 in about a month because we were hey. eating every – my wife started to listen to the show at the beginning of the show just to find out what we're eating. So she could yell at me. When I you made a point of stopping. I made a point of stopping. Yeah. At a different place every week and bringing stuff in and surprising you guys. And I would bring some food and I would also bring some sweets. Absolutely. Okay. Now, now I sound like an old man calling cake and puddings and things sweets. All right. Old man. <laughs> okay. But uh, listen, you got and then, you know, Franco Luigi's. You know, was was another place that was pretty good. And most people recognize Franco Luigi's because everybody would go down and see the 13th Street Light Show. Which, you know, we always helped the neighborhood. The neighborhood did a great job here. But I brought in one week, I brought in buffalo chicken pizza. And you and I talked about it, right? And it was about Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm driving up to Esker Street. And the owner of it, Franco, grabbed me and said, yo, I got to let you know. Because I made comment at the chicken on the pizza. Right. was chicken cutlet that they fried right there. Yeah. as they were making the pizzas. He said, Johnny, he said, I had all these people called and wanted to make sure I had the fresh chicken on it. He said, if I'm not mistaken, I think he sold 46 pizzas over above what he did between Friday and uh, Friday, yeah. Saturday and Sunday after we talk about it. So it's good to let the, let the neighborhoods know. And it also, oh, yeah. shows you, it also shows you that we got a lot more people listening to this show. 
okay, because they want to know what's happening in their neighborhood. They want to know what's happening in their union. And again, you know, going going back and forth. So, you know, I I hope that, you know, people who might be out tonight give out Oregon State a shot. Nice young guy owns the place. Okay. Nice. And and, and what we're going to do, John, is this. We're... We're on on the, right on the edge here at a break. Um, uh, let's let's uh, we'll, we'll we'll go over you know the, the you know, any of the other candidates when we come back, but um, in, in the final set. But um, point well taken. I, I as as we go to break, I want to I want to also give a shout out to Frank Keel. Um, he brought in the Schmitters one time. Um, you know, he, I, I forget the name of the place where the Schmitter where we got the that there was a sandwich called the Schmitter. But mother yeah, of God. How does Right. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Um, we're going to have more from the John Doherty Hour after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause are presented by DC 33, Local 1637, News Guild 10, and IBEW Local 98. Choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor when planning your next project. Saturday night here in the city of brotherly love. Um, you're listening to the Labor Show with J. Dot and Krause, the John Doherty Hour. Uh, sitting in for uh, Joe Krause, I'm Joe Doherty in the driver's seat. Um, that's the John Doherty. Now, one of the things, you know, we talk about um, some of the endorsed judicial candidates, and there's a, a, a nice list there. I know a, a couple of them. Uh, Tamika Lane, I had the opportunity of doing a, uh, she's running for Superior Court, a, a great human being, phenomenal. I just did a podcast with her. And Rick Cataldi, uh, who I just did a, po- a podcast for, who's, who's running for Common Police Court, and, of course, John Padovan. There's a whole list John will get into. But I want to just say this. John, I met with Rick Cataldi last week, first time in my life. What a unique and special human being he is. Uh, literally speaking, he's a, a Philadelphia story. Uh, you know, almost went down the wrong path, had a mentor, uh, got, you know, after a year of sobriety at age 28, he chose education, became, it was college, got a college degree and became a lawyer and has been given back ever since. And what, a, what an amazing person. So I wanted to shout him out because, uh, you know, it was one of the greatest hours I've ever done on radio. And, and I know you have a long list of individuals, um, that, that you're supporting and, and, uh, uh, that that means a lot. Well, there's, you know, Rick's different, and uh, he's run a really good campaign. If you look at the, the endorsed candidates at the building trades, if you look at the endorsed candidates at Local 98, the one thing they are is extremely diverse, and, and not just diverse, you know, in complexion, but diverse in every area they come from. You know, if you take a look, and I'll just I'll run through some quick names. Mar- sure. Maria McLaughlin for the Supreme Court. Tamika yep. Lane for the Superior Court. Lori Dumas for the Commonwealth Court. David Spurgeon, who's from Pittsburgh, another outstanding person as well as judge, okay, from for the Commonwealth. John Padova, who's extremely close with Dave and Jude Conroy, and you know my love I have for both of them. And yep. Jude is as good as there is in the business when it comes to... You know, he's been in the district attorney's office forever, okay? Uh, and John Padova, you know, and he's got a good commercial right now. Wendy Barish, she's over at the Philadelphia Housing Authority. I told you, tough but fair. Craig Levine, Rick Cataldi, Tanu Moss, you know, is the wife of a- a- actual one of the labor leaders in the labor union. Okay, watch the vote total she gets. She'll be the highest vote to, to, 
of Oak Center in Delaware County. She'll outdraw everybody. She's a smart, aggressive. I don't know why it's waited so long to get her elected to something. She's a superstar. Okay. Uh, Nick Camus, uh, Kateria McCabe, good friend George Twardy. You know, he got a, he got a hatchet job. You know, nobody inquired before an election. I said to him, I said, when I ran for Senate, I think there were 27 articles wrote about me. Right. And, uh, and, and none of them said anything positive. Okay. Michael Lambert, another different guy uh, who guys, uh, African-American, uh, I think of maybe uh, Jamaican descent. Uh, and then Ray Santarelli. Ray's not endorsed in the county. And, I don't understand that other than we have this urge to be so politically correct, okay, that, you know, we have to. And the days that we don't elect people like Ray Cinarelli are the days that we stop asking people to volunteer and create a party structure. He is the ultimate volunteer, the ultimate activist, okay? He comes from a family that worked their way up the ladder and all the guys do a great job. So they're just some of the names. And if you heard them, you know, we have, you name it, we have people from every neighborhood, every area, people who, not a one common, you know, thread that I think that we have with all of them. I've seen people change, but is that I believe that they respect what we do. We don't ask them to do our job. We just ask them to protect the rules and the laws and the tools that we need to do our job. Absolutely. And, and, uh, so, you know, the 18th is coming quick, and, uh, you know, one of the things that Local 98 does, man, unbelievably, is, uh, you know, get the get your uh, workforce and, and, and your members in, in, engaged in the process, um, and, the, you know, they know they weren't born on third base. Um, we didn't get here, um, you know, you know, just sitting down and, and twiddling our thumbs. Uh, we got about two minutes, John. Talk about that for a second about the, you know, the importance of, of getting involved in the political process for union members and, and, and their families. Well, I told you, tomorrow, Sunday afternoon, Nico Rodriguez comes from the, in South Philadelphia, the 3rd in Oregon, 3rd in Chunk area. It's a big Latino okay, group down there. They have uh, tomorrow, they, they, every day on the weekend, Saturday, Sundays are any nice days, they, you know, they have horseshoes down there. They'll sip on beer. They'll eat food. They'll bring things out. It's just an old-school, ethnic, you know, uh, family-driven thing. Nico will be there tomorrow with uh, with Vega, with DA. And, and, of course, you know, there's some common ground there, but they actually believe he's the best candidate, okay, for their, their neighborhood right now. And and Nico, who works with me, you know, and is is like the little superstar in their family, you know, we'll be down there tomorrow. And just, you know, and, and, and everybody should want to do that. Everybody should want to, you know, to take a candidate down to their neighborhood and have them explain what they're going to be doing. And I always look back to John Street. I wasn't for John Street in the primary, okay? I was kind of neutral because i just become the treasurer of the Democratic Party. But before that, Local 98 was with Marty Weinberg and had a history with Marty Weinberg. And Tom Kelly, the sheet metal workers, and a few other people were at the forefront of Marty's campaign. So, we, you know, we always have a tendency to stick together, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and so after it was over, I brought John Street down to 2nd Street. Now, it's not, hasn't been the most racially inclusive neighbor, neighborhood. Not that it's racist. It just had a neighborhood that most of the houses were left 
to their families, right? So in the beginning, I couldn't get everybody to vote for John Street, but he was in office about he was in office about six weeks, and he paved all these streets in the neighborhood that were laying there unpaved for six months. They loved them. So yeah. all politics is local. You have to vote on Tuesday. Vote who you want for. Vote your job, and just make sure you vote. Thanks, Joe, for another great week. Awesome, John. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to The Labor Show with Jay Dot and Krause, the John Doherty Hour. Uh, for Joe Krause and John Doherty, I'm Jay Duck. Have a great week, ladies and gentlemen. show have been sponsored by sheet metal workers local 19 cwa communication workers of america and AFSME local 1739 dc 47 this program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of wphd or its management the international brotherhood of electrical workers local union 98 is a proud sponsor of the labor show with j doc and krause every saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.